0: Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness.
1: Hey everybody, Saturday night, Microphones of Madness. It is May the 21st, 2016. As always... (laughs) There's Kim! We're going to do Kim first today. Yeah, hi. Oh man, I can't do that far along. And now, since he's unprepared, Steve!
0: Hey.
1: All right, so tonight we are engaging in the second half of Cthulhu live streaming an anthology edited by Salome Jones and published by Ghostwood Books. Uh, we did the first half, what, two weeks ago? Three uh, weeks ago? Yeah, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Um, so we figured, you know, we'd only gotten halfway through the book when we did the first show, deadlines and all. So we decided that it'd be only be fair to go through the second half. And probably in the future, we're not going to try to do entire anthologies in a single show. <laughs> yeah, probably. Not. So, where did we?
0: Who did we start with last time? Me. Or You're you? just saying that it was me. Oh, okay. I'll I'll start. I don't care. No, we're gonna do we're gonna do this. We're gonna leave this up to chance.
1: Okay, we're not leaving this up to chance. We're starting with Steve.
0: <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? What I liked, what I didn't like?
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, what was what was your impression going into the second half okay. of the book? I mean,
0: so, the, se- the second half of the book, we actually received a missive from the editor. A mysterious
1: uh, missive arrived in our inbox.
0: And, you know, she was talking about some of the things that we had discussed last time. And it made me think that maybe I was being a little overly critical. So I went into the second half um, divorced from thinking it was going to be cosmic horror and Cthulhu stories and keeping it more along the lines of the weird. Mm -hmm. And I think that the second half was definitely more... It was better for me because I didn't have that expectation. I had a different expectation. Now, that, that's not to say there were moments where it seemed like some of the authors were like, oh, it's a Cthulhu anthology. I'll put tentacles in it. But yeah, there, There is a distinct lack of tentacles I,
1: through most of the
0: stories. That's true. Um, and that's a good thing. I, I liked... Some of my favorite stories in the, in the anthology are in the second half. Um, what comes to mind is The Lullaby of Eric Zahn, I liked. Um, and Mike's Reach, I really liked. And Icebound. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, those are. I thought those are really good stories. Um, want me to... Yeah, Icebound was really cool. It was like a Robert E. Howard um, story. Mm-hmm where you had um, somebody being possessed by their ancestor directly. It was like a cross between like uh, people of the black not people of the black circle, but um ugh, hold on, I might even have it written down. The Black Stone, People of the Dark, and the Portrait of Dorian Gray. Right. And it takes place on an iceberg during like World it, War Two.
1: it also had those hyperborean references.
0: Yes. Which Probably is why I was thinking of Howard. Um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed that story a lot. Um, Mike's Reach was really cool because it gets into that whole thing where corporations are evil, <laughs> and banks are the worst, and it's about a really evil bank run by I I'm, I'm going to say migo for lack of a better term right it's fungus people
2: like fungus borg
0: yeah remember remember the sh- remember angel
1: right now mm-hmm. um, from In- the television In- show In- yeah well it's like wolfram heart the bank
0: yeah with fungus yes very very cool concept uh, and i liked it it was it it's funny because it was about um, a woman who got hired at the bottom and works her way up in this evil bank, and as she as she gets more and more into her job, she loses more and more of her soul, which is a great metaphor for anybody who's ever worked in an office environment before. That's
1: what that's what happens. All right. What about you, Kim? What was uh What was your impression going through the second half?
2: I think um, the second half, it had a lot more <coughs> of the better ones as opposed to the not-so-great ones. I think like, um, my personal favorite had to be The Lullaby of Eric Zan. And as I recall, that was one that Salome said was one of her favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. gonna um, let look at the table of contents here. I, I, too, liked Mike's reach. It it creeped me out because Fungus just scares me. <laughs> and it was all about Fungus and how this woman was exposed to Fungus, after which she turned evil, and Fungus started coming out of her. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, God, no, stop. But it was it was really good.
1: Yeah, that short and brief sequence of body horror <clears throat> was just kind of yeah. freaky. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for me, going into the second half of the book is kind of like Steve said, you know, free from the initial preconceptions from the first half. What I found thematically through the second half is that this is where all the stuff that I was looking for in the first half was. Everything, almost every story in the second half, I believe I started with Icebound. Um,. Had kind of a dream or nightmare type of quality to it. Um, yeah, I mean, let's see. You guys liked Mike's Reach. Mike's Reach didn't impress me much. The one that really, like, hit me in the face was Seven Nights in a Sleep Clinic.
0: I like that one as well. That was good. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I just I, after a, every once in a while, you hit a story. And you read it and then you just have to put the book down and go whoa. And for me, yeah, seven nights in a sleep clinic was was that story after I was done, I just had to sit there and process it for a little bit because it, it goes back and forth and you know she's talking to the doctor, you get the doctor's opinion. He's like, "Oh, she's getting worse. Her journal entry is like, "Oh, I feel so much better.
0: It, it's it I really like that until one she doesn't it, it kind of had a found footage feel to it
2: mm-hmm yeah it reminded me of that one in Casilda's song about the lady who um broke into that old um suicide the, clinic
1: yeah the, the
0: suicide chamber and she spent yeah. the night there
2: right <clears throat> it reminded me of that
0: it's an epistolary tale yeah.
1: Um, let's see. I kind of like Offspring. That was, that was an interesting like story. Ben, yeah.
2: It's a, it's a different, it, it is very different. It's a different populace for one thing. I don't know if I'm saying the right thing here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's like most of these are, are from a certain culture, a certain kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Well, most
0: most of them are straight up. This like, this is American or pink. yeah, I
2: mean mostly white.
0: Perhaps mm-hmm. no, they don't have to mostly do
2: that, fairly modern modern age, fairly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, some in the twenties and thirties.
1: Yeah, but this, this one, one this one was uh, done from a Native American perspective. Yeah, right? or or Aboriginal people's perspective. I'm assuming Native American.
2: And
1: it's um, what it sounds like, yeah, yeah. And so the author is from Arizona, I think. So okay, so that's it, more than likely. Uh, I believe that's Navajo area out there. Okay. okay
0: um,
1: hold on. Well, while you're doing that, um, yeah. The the other different thing about uh, about the offspring is that the protagonist okay. turns back the darkness for a change.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, that's. Yeah, he I think it's the done. only only i think it's the first story where the hero wins
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's still a pirate victory kind of like you know anytime somebody wins in a weird tale right but yeah it's still you know the the the
0: monster is is sent oh. back to where it belongs for now
2: it, it stopped from coming through
0: mm-hmm. well and the protagonist was Altered, right? <laughs> right.
1: Well, that's part of what makes it a pirate victory is that the protagonist was altered, right? Um, let's it see.
0: They built a TP around him/her yeah. to protect themselves and it from them, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Now, of course. I know you didn't end up liking this story very much, but I have a certain fondness for Out on Route
0: 22. <laughs> I thought you would. Um, so wait, i got to ha- ask you my, my questions.
1: Okay, go ahead and ask the questions.
0: All right. Um, so I have the first paragraph highlighted, and then it just says, Rodney, is this true? <laughs> 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 All right, let me read the first paragraph So, okay. Anyone right. who's worked the graveyard shift Can tell you that it completely messes with your psyche your entire, I can tell life you, is, yes. your entire life is turned upside down And you only truly exist during the darkest hours Unlike the rest of normal humanity You do everything you can to shut out the sun during the day So you can rest Because your sleep patterns have been turned so completely backwards You can never be truly awake Never be truly asleep. You spend hour after hour in the dark fighting your instincts to slumber. Go to that place where most normal people are. No human should ever have to live like this. Yet, yeah, so many of us do. Is that true? Is that true? You work the night shift.
1: I work the night shift. Um, I would say it's true to an extent, particularly when you're trying to adjust to the night shift. It's definitely a, oh my god, this is a this is horrible. No no, this is nobody should live like this. But I think you get used to it after a while, and um, yeah. I mean, oh well, for example, there's there's a lot of the the atmospheric stuff about you know it's it's dark. There's no one around at that time. Um, often you feel like you're only there to be a warm body due to some type of contractual obligation.
0: Unfortunately for you, you only have the, the, it, the uh, National Guard across from you, not a hooker hotel.
1: Right. <laughs> I Actually, directly across from me is the fire station.
2: So if fire ever breaks out, you're all set.
0: Yeah, I know what to do in case of a fire. He doesn't have as an exciting of a, of a setting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, definitely, definitely,
1: definitely not as seedy as was setting, but I was thinking about this story last night because it was overcast, and it was really fucking dark outside last night. In, and, and it is, and and it does inspire sort of a kind of a, a mood where working the night shift does have kind of a, a dreamlike quality to it because every every there's you know you're up. When nobody else is, you know,
2: the sounds are different at night.
1: the The sounds are different. There isn't as much like ambient noise from cars mm-hmm. and and other assorted things. <laughs> There's not as many uh, planes it's flying funny. over or small children running around. <laughs> um, so it's like every sound that you hear is accentuated and. You know, I mean, it's a gas station, so I'm – so, you know, huge windows everywhere. The back door to the booth is glass as well because it goes into the garage. Um, and it's just like this thin sheet of glass, or this sheet of glass, you know, between you and just a void is what it seems like. And, you know, I got, I was, I got that vibe reading this story, and then creepy dude walks in, and uh, I was like, yeah, I've been there. I've been there too.
0: Did you sell them magic markers?
1: No, I don't sell magic markers at my station. <laughs> <thing.
0: God. laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I, actually, I really liked this story up until...
1: The freezer scene.
0: Yes, and then it just kind of went, Ugh. You blew it. You yeah. Blew it. I mean, yeah. I
1: mean, the the freezer scene in the white room with the void over it and everything. I mean, that was a striking
0: visual. I was cool with that. I was just the the whole. You will be devoured first. Yeah. I mean, that could have happened. I,
1: I would have I would have accepted that speech better if it happened in the middle of the store where the creepy guy is standing next to the Snickers and saying, you will be devoured first.
0: I just don't like the you will be devoured first um, trope. Mm-hmm. I think it it that, th- those words change something from being extremely creepy to monster movie. Right, right. In, in just one sentence.
1: And another thing about, about Out on Route 22 is that it has, I mean, other than the you know the obvious you know monster, cultist tropes, is that it starts having this almost urban legend kind of feel, like the um, the Phantom Hitchhiker, or mm-hmm. or the um, the Ghost Truck, I think out on Route sixty six. But I thought that was kind of cool about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I. I those types of things, those types of stories, you know, the American road, the desolate stretch of highway, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, and the weird and shit you that happens. Man. Yeah, and then you have the tall man type of character who just kind of comes in, you know, and it, it does. It has that that ghost story kind of vibe. It has that urban legend kind of vibe, mm-hmm. and uh, then it has, of course, you know, a, a setting that I'm personally very familiar with. <laughs> And yeah, I mean that that one worked for me. Um, I really like. I'll, you know, I'm gonna agree with the rest everybody. The lullaby of Eric Zahn was fucking fantastic. Mhm. Um, it bogged down a little bit as as the author got into some
0: of the technical aspects. That's kind of funny because yeah. I thought that was kind of cool.
2: Yeah. I thought it was It's it cool, made me, but it, I understand
0: it. It made me look something up, because she says um, somewhere... She, she mentions how she was using minor fifths. And right. I initially um, went, oops, fifths are diminished, not minor, but I looked it up anyway. Mm-hmm. And apparently there is a quarter-tone stale Um where you can actually get a minor fifth and a major fourth, which is a semitone, which is a quarter tone below the diminished or above the diminished, depending
1: on where you are. Right, and uh, let me guess—it's mostly used for like orchestral work.
0: Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's not very commonly used. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, it would sound a little freaky, which fits the story. So I'm deeming. She wasn't talking out of her ass, or he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. He was a guy. The story, so. Oh,
1: okay. I just saw initials, so you know, it's, it's it's there until I see otherwise.
0: Yeah, I just read. I
1: read all the bios. Yeah.
0: Well, now I figured. I
1: figured you. Kim was probably reading that story. <sighs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is
2: awesome! Oh my god! I love this is so cool. I want it, I want it,
0: I want it. I want that life. But I want that, this life.
2: I want to go mad for music, yes. Oh.
0: Well, the really cool thing about this is Eric Zahn, the, the original story by Lovecraft, was mm-hmm. a, a really cool story that I always thought wasn't enough because it was very short. Mm-hmm. It's one of those early fragments of a story that everything's there, but he could have expanded on it and gotten more out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And this kind of does that for you.
1: It's yes. going to give you the... With less adjectives. The rest of the story.
0: With less I mean, adjectives. The
2: first time I saw it's it, less adjectives. I saw the title, I thought, oh, great, a play on words. This is going to be awesome. And yet, as you read it, it does make sense because it really is a lullaby. Mm-hmm. So give it a that chance. That is. Give it a chance. You won't be disappointed.
1: Now, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up to you guys because it's the story right before the level by Eric arm. Uh Mike Davis. It's the first story I have ever read written by Mike Davis. What did you guys think of the red brick building?
0: I believe the
2: fifth. <laughs> I have to remember because it was it was during the last session that I actually read that one. Reading ahead,
0: um, I
2: seem to remember that.
1: Yeah, you you read that. one. I thought one, it, I
2: it was okay. I thought it was okay, but it didn't make a whole lot of. I don't know. Not not not, not that it didn't make sense, but I don't know. the The ending didn't just quite fit for me. Hmm. It was it's like it was, it was too easy a thing to jump to, almost.
0: Well, right. I, I think it's hard to be fair to Mike Davis because he has such a presence mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Lovecraftian community, so I find myself being overly critical by right. going into it thinking, oh, it's Mike Davis, this should be the best one in the whole in the whole shebang, because that's what his life is. <laughs> so, I think I'm um, biased.
2: I think you were going to withdraw your opinion on that one at first,
0: I, I, just
2: because of that.
0: Exactly. I can't be fair. About you're, you're recusing yourself. Yes, I'm pleading the fifth. Pleading the fifth. I, I
1: I liked it. Um. It had his good points. Yeah, I mean, you he had this. You had this building, you know. And I, I think I think Mike's writing style is, is is efficient, and you know he doesn't cram a lot of extraneous detail. But in in a in a sense, the way he's written it, it operates like according to Dreamwatch. You know, he's walking down the hall, then he's in a cave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and yeah it, it, it reads like somebody is having kind of a waking dream that that slowly becomes a nightmare an ultimate nightmare and and then there there's the whole question of identity you know is which
0: mm-hmm.
1: which life is real and yeah and that's that's the thing that i liked about it and course he gives us an answer as to which life was actually real. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, and you know what that might have been the part that kind of threw me off was a lot a lot of a lot of the, the weird tale tradition has you hanging at the end. hmm I mean you know which way you want it to go. Right. And you know which way it probably is going and if you have any kind of soul in you they're at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. And this really didn't have that that conflict at the end between
1: right. me and the story, right? It's just kind of a, a despair kind of thing. Going right. On.
0: Mm-hmm. Like uh,
1: and and really to, to discuss the end any further, you really have to spoil the end.
0: Right. So yeah. yeah, you know you know what? Off track just a little bit, and I know you don't like Stephen King, Rodney, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make this as the Master of extraneous detail, well, the mist take the mist this is makes my point perfectly in the, in the story novella. The ending is one of those ah endings like are is it good? is it bad? It depends on the reader and how you interpret it in the movie right It was one of those twisty endings that leaves nothing to be imagined. And that's kind of the difference to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Like Icebound had a big ending. Yes. Because not everything was wrapped up. Everything was left in speculation. Right, but you know what happened.
0: Uh, (laughs) You know what happened. (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's, it's in limbo, but you know it happens. And it's not good. Mm-hmm. never good
1: you know I, I I find it I find it interesting I was, as I was reading I, I think I had gotten to a Mike story and this thought entered my head is that we had we mentioned in the first episode how all the stories seem to have like water running through them right and then we enter this like section of the book that's almost entirely dreamscapes, nightmares, dealing with sleep and hallucinations and visions and this sort of thing. The last and we, story had water. And we end on a water story. Lots of water. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, because everything in some way reminds me of Constantine, <laughs> it reminded me of the scene in the movie where he fills the bucket with water. All right and he goes to hell because water is the universal lubricant. So it, it, it has that
0: be. Whoever told him that lied. <laughs> oh, my. It depends <laughs> on what you are lubricating.
1: <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <sighs>
0: right. I totally drew up that. <laughs> Fucking Universal Lubricant. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a grease monkey. Oh, my.
1: <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say from, uh, I believe Icebound was the 15th story in the book, and and uh, my Latin is terrible, so I'm not even to. Simotha Cthulhu. Simotha uh, Cthulhu. Cthuliae. Cthuliae. Yeah. My, my Latin is terrible, so don't expect me to start casting spells anytime soon. Well, you just won't be
2: casting
1: Catholic spells. Yeah. How's your Arabic? Uh, worse. <laughs> How's worse. your Outer Mongolian? <laughs> how, how oh, my Outer you... Mongolian's pretty good, actually. Uh, yeah so I would say out of, let's see that's one two three four five six seven eight nine, nine I would say six of the last nine I really enjoyed and I think it was a similar number in the first 14 so it's 10 to 12 stories out of 23
0: yeah, but now-
1: just about half So so overall I would say you know give this book a buy
0: I didn't. I, I didn't not like the any of the stories in the set. Well, I did actually. Pull them. Yeah, uh, I wrote a list. Um, I didn't like one, and I had mixed feelings on two. Mm-hmm. Um, I even liked the last story. I just kind of thought the ending was a little trite. Right, right. And then even Route Twenty Two, I wrote mixed. But really, it's just that one thing. Really, just. Mm-hmm. Made it off till and and you know can can't always get what you want but if you try <laughs> sometimes you might find that if you're watching this you need to drink <laughs> 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 so
1: yeah I mean you know I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say overall now that we've completed the anthology, We've seen all the stories. Overall, yeah, we'll, we'll give that one a thumbs up.
0: And it's you know it's easy. It's it's available as an ebook. mm mm-hmm. the,
1: the Amazon link
0: is in the description of this video. Yes. So, I know um, there's a, a glut of um, Lovecraftian tales going on right now.
1: <laughs> depending depending on who you
0: ask. Right. And sometimes you have to, apparently, you have to read the bad ones to know what's good. But, uh... (laughs) Drink! (laughs) But, uh, no, yeah. Go give it a gander. And like like we said last time, really nobody has written a bad review of this book. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're not even. No. Right. Right.
1: So you know, despite despite the issues that we uh, stated in the first episode, the second episode that you're watching right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It. it, I wouldn't say it starts bad and gets better, but as as a whole. Yeah, it's 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 a a pretty
0: decent anthology. There's there's more good stories than than not good stories. Right, right. And really, I mean, I I read a lot of anthologies, and honestly, I don't make it through a lot of them, Mm -hmm. just because of the. You read one good story, and then three or four end. So I made it to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and as I said recently, I don't have time for bad stories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Let's see. Um, Yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. So yeah, go out and buy this book. Uh, I had a joke handy, but I forgot it in during Steve's last segment there.
0: <laughs> I would like to say that um, friend of the show, dare I say it, um, Balugan Ojitade has a new novel out mm-hmm. set in Kikanga, and it's a horror story. Mm-hmm. It's called Beneath the Shining Jewel. It is the sequel to? Um, the, it's, what was it called? Uh, the No Name.
2: A Name Long Forgotten. A Name
0: Long Forgotten. Look at that. I don't know if it's actually the sequel, but it's set in the same city. I haven't gotten to read it yet because I've been reading this. Mm That's all right.
1: That's all right.
0: Um, Yeah, so...
1: We'll
0: get it in there. And those of you who tuned in last week, I know we were talking about Pulp Cthulhu, and that is out, and you can get the PDF of that. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, you sure can. And as a special bonus surprise, the uh, what did Nick call it? The example party. Oh yes, the uh, the you know. yeah, the example party in Pulp Cthulhu is based on the Masks of Nyarlathotep uh, Monday Night Heroes group.
0: Yep, so pick that up and you can see the action sequences that may or may not have happened in London. Woo-hoo. But That's there funny. is there is River Punching a Shantag. Right. Page 14.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Page 14
1: for a blatant reference. Yes. Um, anything else?
0: Anything else?
1: Uh, Cthulhu Sapa's Out in the Wild. We'll be looking at that one in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we will.
0: That's going to be our big story by story. Breakdown, right? For the I I suppose we could do it that way if we want.
1: I mean, we you know somebody. We've got other things sent That's... to us. Lines on some other stuff. God.
2: We can work that out.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Anyway, um, next week we'll be looking at the uh, Valiant Comics uh, book Faith. Got a lot of reviews, good reviews lately. A lot of folks talking about it. Uh, soon they're gonna be releasing volume one collected. Uh, we got our hands on the first three issues New comics I yeah, so comic. So yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break it break it up a little bit we're gonna we're doing a Cthulhu book and then we're doing a comic and then we'll be back to another Cthulhu book and after that who
0: knows <laughs> who knows? <laughs> it's going to be all song, all dance. Mm, yeah.
2: Da, 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 da.
0: I've seen the light, and musicals are the way to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's it for the. Next. <laughs> Yep, we're leaving that in the audio. Yeah, well, we'll see, yeah, we'll see on Monday for a time to harvest. Yeah, time to harvest on Monday, Friday Fungi next Friday. And uh, we'll be doing Faith next Saturday on Microphones of Madness. Uh, stay tuned. Three days out of the week, you can watch live on YouTube. Uh, you can get the podcast on Podbean, mnh.podbean.com. Or you can look us up through iTunes. You can look us up through Google Play. So pretty much any type of audio listening device, you can get us. Mm-hmm. Um, also, please l- leave any likes or comments and you know, give us Suggestion. two stars or whatever. Suggestions. Suggestions. What two
2: stars? Uh,
1: you, you mean it's not a two star system?
2: I don't know. I don't I don't know about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> leave binary. as many a, million, as, stars.
0: a digital, million stars. It's digital, so obviously it's binary.
2: Okay, Right. I
0: mean. Exactly. It's obviously binary. It's actually a one star system, either none or one.
1: So yeah, I mean I'm confused now. Yeah, leave leave a review, leave some stars, whatever. However, stars you think are appropriate. Twitter. Twitter. Uh, at Mad Mikes. Uh, at Mun Night Heroes. And at Garnet Ankh For
0: Kim. Kim's on Twitter. Tweeter.
2: I have joined the Twitterverse.
0: Yeah, going and inundator with stuff.
2: Yes. Mm hmm.
1: And if you're John Barrowman or Victor LaValle, or well, I, I did it again, <laughs> Victor Laval. say hi to Kim.
2: Yes, especially if you're John Barrowman. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> John, John's busy right now. Hmm. Um, so busy for me. with that, say goodnight, night, Gracie.
2: Good night, Gracie. Good night. <sighs>